More coffee, Holmes. Hmm? More coffee? Oh, no, thank you. I've had more than enough. Is there something troubling you? Something you've seen in the newspaper? Perhaps, yes, here. The disappearance of George Corrigan. Did you know the fellow? Yes, he was assistant librarian for a time at the Agnes Hedge Collection in Oxford. He helped me greatly the year I was researching 18th century maritime law. Well, he certainly tracked down a lot of information for me. Saved me hours of work. Well, you say he's disappeared? Yes, it says here. He was last seen walking into the Quaker Meeting House near Waterloo Bridge. And since then, he's not been sighted. His wife... Ada Corrigan is destroyed. We present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Vanishing Quaker. As far as I could recall, he was devoted to his wife, Ada, who had not enjoyed good health. I will remember the pride he took in his role at the library. Delighted if he'd been able to locate a reference for me. His small, wiry figure, always busy going to and fro with armfuls of books. I had to admit to myself that I found the news of his disappearance quite disconcerting. I was on the point of suggesting to Watson that we pay a visit to Ada when the lady appeared in my rooms. Mr. Sherlock Holmes, we've never met before. I'm Ada Corrigan. Ah, oh, good morning, Mrs. Corrigan. Good morning. I was planning to visit you. I read about this unfortunate business only this morning. Uh, could you let me have the details, please? Well, he's gone. He's vanished. <clears throat> Mrs. Corrigan, had your husband been receiving any medical attention before this happened? No, but he will when I find him. And I will. I'll leave no stone unturned. Uh, Mrs. Corrigan, please sit down and quietly and sensibly tell me all the facts. I'm sure we will arrive at an explanation. George would never go off and leave you. Well, he has. He's more than left. He's vanished. Yes, so you said. And under the most peculiar circumstances. It's hardly to be credited. I'm the laughing stock of the neighborhood. Oh, come now, surely not. Well, I am. And as a professional man, you must agree with me that I deserve to know the truth. Mrs. Corrigan, as a professional man, I am unable to pass any sort of judgment at all, unless you tell me the facts. Well, this is what has happened. As you may know, Mr. Holmes, we live in our own house in Faraday Road, near Waterloo Bridge. The house is in my name, left to me by an uncle. Well, it's a very comfortable home. Mm, quite. Well, I suffer severely from ill health, and I rarely leave the house just to do a little shopping and to attend church activities. George has to do the rest when he gets back from the office. I've always said that if uh, the woman is ill... Uh, Mrs. Corrigan, please try to get to the point. Which office? Where was George working? Well, they know nothing. They were the first people I went to speak to. It's an insurance office in Fenchurch Street. He's been a clerk there for a long time now. The last they saw of him was when he left last Saturday. When did you last see him, Mrs. Corrigan? meeting house, of course. Oh, really, Mrs. Corrigan, I must ask you to tell me the whole story. I cannot follow your reasoning. And I cannot help but feel that there must be a logical explanation. Well, there this. isn't. There isn't a logical explanation. Well, in the simple, possible language, I'll tell you what happened. George and I have been going to the Quaker meeting house for many years. And last Sunday, we left the house as usual. A carriage calls for us by regular appointment. And we arrive there always on the dot of 10.45... 
On rainy days, we give our maid, Gwyneth, a lift. I've always insisted that whoever works for us must share our face. Mm, quite. Our Sunday was wet, so Gwyneth came with us. We attended the meeting together. No, Gwyneth was sitting at the back, of course. We met with Mr. Sines. He's one of the elders there. Afterwards, and we were standing at the front having a talk. Uh, very good to see you looking so well, Mrs. Corrigan. Yes, thank you, Mr. Sines. One does one's best. I do find the weather gets me down. Yes, yes. Well, 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 well. We must hope that it improves soon. It's been quite dreadful, uh, I do agree. Ah, but you said in this morning's meeting that one weathers the storm in order to spread sunshine. <laughs> we appreciated that, didn't we, George? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, my dear. I thought it was wonderful, Mr. Sines. Uh, uh, thank you, Gwyneth. Gwyneth, thank you. go outside and see if the rain stopped. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm afraid you'll find it still raining, my dear lady. Oh, uh, uh, pardon me for interrupting. I I'm afraid I've left Ada's monthly meeting agenda. Uh, excuse me, I'll, I'll just run off and fetch it. Uh, excuse me, my oh, dear. Oh, really, George, you're becoming so forgetful. I, I won't be a minute, dear. Oh, he'll forget his head one of these days. He's getting old, that's what it is. He's, he's getting old. And that was the last time I ever saw George. You're saying he went back inside the Quaker meeting house to get a prayer book? And that's the last time you saw your husband? That is correct. Gwyneth and I stood waiting while the rain poured down, and George did not come back. In the end, Mr. Sines searched the whole place, but there, there wasn't a trace of him. We searched and searched. No one saw him leave the building, and he certainly wasn't inside. Did you check the other exits to the building? The only other door, the door out of the back of the meeting house, was locked. I see. Well, eventually, Gwyneth and I gave up and went home. I've been waiting in vain for his reappearance and explanation. But there's not been sight or sound of him. Oh, very extraordinary. You say that you have been to his place of business? Oh, yes. I spent the day making inquiries there. No one has seen George Corrigan since the moment he disappeared inside the Quaker meeting house. He's vanished. Have you been to the police? Have you contacted the local hospital? Well, of course not. Can I say to the police? I shall become an even greater figure of fun than I am now. Why should I contact the hospitals? He was in excellent health. There might have been an accident, madam. A fall. Amnesia. Oh, in the Quaker meeting house. No, this is a plot. A devious plot of some kind. And I am the victim, Mr. Holmes. I am the innocent victim. I couldn't take the whole incident very seriously. I had little sympathy for Ada Corrigan, who seemed to be facing a loss in a strident and rather selfish way. She seemed less concerned with her husband's disappearance than with her own personal inconvenience. I was concerned, however, about the fate of my old acquaintance, George Corrigan. When Watson read out to me a pertinent piece from the newspaper, we were having a drink at the Wig and Pen Club. Mm. Extraordinary. It says here that a man's overcoat, jacket, and a pair of shoes have been found in the Thames near Waterloo Bridge. A gold watch was found in the pocket of the jacket and is the property of Mr. George Corrigan of Faraday Street, Waterloo Bridge. I say, Holmes, isn't that the same... Man? Oh, indeed it is, yes, Watson. Does it say that the body has been found? Uh, uh, no, it says nothing about a body, although the inference of drowning is obvious. Well, let me see that newspaper article. The newspaper told me very little, but those were the clothes of George Corrigan without a doubt. It was expected that the body would turn up with the change of the tide... I didn't think it would. And it was whilst I was questioning my doubt about the possible death of Corrigan when Watson said... I've heard of this uh, Quaker meeting house. 
Uh, quite a history connecting it to the River Thames. Well, no doubt the police will now carry out their investigations and solve the mystery, don't you think, Sir Holmes? No, no, I don't think anything of the kind. I think they'd make a great fuss for a few weeks and they'd put it down as another unsolved mystery connected with the River Thames. Oh, the uh, man must be somewhere. The chances are that they'll drag parts of the river and find his body. I doubt that, Watson. I doubt that very much. Oh, why? He doesn't sound like the sort of man to disappear without a trace. Well, it must be foul place somewhere. He must have been abducted, attacked, the body thrown into the water. Again, I doubt it. What is the motive? Well, who knows? Robbery? Oh, come, come, Watson, come, come. A few articles of clothing are found in the water, and in order that identification is verified, a gold watch is left in the pocket of the jacket. Does that fit with robbery? A watch is usually worn on a chain attached to a waistcoat. It's all too pathetically obvious for words. My suggestion is that you come along with me and we start to find out something about Corrigan's private life. Did you not discover anything from his wife? That is a waste of time. She's a mass of contradictions. No, Watson, in any case, I don't mean his home life. I mean his private life. But you mean the people he worked with? Yes, exactly. The people he spent his lunch hours with. I can't see him walking home and back each lunch hour. And Mrs. Corrigan doesn't give me the impression of being the loving wife who would take the trouble to make him sandwiches. Yes, I think we should try a local pub. The red cap is the most likely on the corner of Paradise Row. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if you say so. Well, when would you like to go? Oh, there's no time like the present, my dear Watson. Let's finish our drinks and then take a cab to the Red Cap. I feel sure the local people will be eager to stand on the mystery. Oh, of course I knew him. Uh, been coming in here regular for a long time. Funny sort of bloke, though. In what way? Well, uh, you know, I'm sure he kept himself to himself, Larky, uh, if you know what I mean. Well, in all this time he must have conversed with you, or perhaps you saw him bring a friend in here with him? Well, that's the funny part. He didn't seem to have no friends. And he never said much to me, neither, apart from the usual pleasantries about the weather or, or the cricket score, you know. No, no, he was definitely a dog horse, was that one. Oh, speaking of horses, there's a chap sitting over there that might be able to help you. There, there, the green table in the corner. It's Irish Mick, the bookie. <laughs> Mr. Corrigan always had something to talk about with Irish Mick. I can't think what they had to talk about. George Corrigan only looked like a betting man. No, well, thank you very much. Come, Austin, let's move from the bar. Hello, Mick. I'm surprised to find you in this place. I thought you usually operate south of the river. Oh, hello there, Mr. Holmes. Nice to see you, it is indeed. That's all right about that one. South Ike used to be my pitch. It's, uh, well, that is, up to about 18 months ago when I ran into a spot of trouble. You might see it. Uh, oh, nothing serious, I suppose. Oh, not at all, Mr. Holmes, not at all. It's, uh, it's all been well looked after. Now I'm going all right up here. Nice bunch of punters. Oh, I can't crumble. Uh, talking of punters, Nick, I have three questions that I need direct answers to. All right. I promise you that none of this will go any further than myself. They concern George Corrigan. Uh, fair enough, Mr. Holmes. I owe you. Though what is it you want to know? Just how clever a punter was George Corrigan. How many years has he been back in the horses? And how much do you think he's won recently? amazed at the way Holmes gathered information. It was as though he already knew the answers to the questions he was asking. I'd seen it time and again. Irish Mick knew he'd be caught out if he lied, and it was clear that he knew Holmes extremely well. Holmes explained it all as we walked away from Paradise Row to the Corrigan's house in Faraday Street. It was a stroke of luck meeting Irish Mick like that, wasn't it? 
It certainly put us on the right course. He's given me information before. He's 100% reliable. It's very surprising, really. I mean, George Corrigan is a sincere Quaker. He'd never drink and certainly never gamble. It's quite unheard of. And he, yes, according to what we've just been told, he was a most successful punter. <laughs> well, makes you wonder. He must have made quite a few hundred pounds, too. Do you think his wife knows anything about his activities? I'm sure she does not. I'm not going to tell her either. Ah, oh, this must be the house. Come along. I think the ringing of the bell is a little unnecessary, Watson. The lace curtains in the front room are moving as we approached. There's no one at home. If the newspaper reporter should be stay away, Mrs. Corrigan won't see anyone. We are not newspaper men. I am Sherlock Holmes. Mrs. Corrigan came to see me, looking for some assistance. Oh, let's come in then. Thank you. You must be the maid, Gwyneth. This is Dr. Watson. Is Mrs. Corrigan at home? Yes, but I don't think you'll be very welcome. She's in a terrible paddy at the moment. The place has been besieged by newspaper men and we're right fed up with it. I'm leaving her to it, that I can tell you, here and now. You are leaving Mrs. Corrigan's employment? How surprising. There's nothing surprising about it. I only stayed on here because of him. He's a nice, quiet, gentle person he is. And now he's gone. Well, I can't put up with old prune face a moment longer. My man won't let me anyhow. Says I've got to leave. He's made all the arrangements to take me to Australia, he has. And I shall be that glad, I can tell you. Leaving for Australia? That's right. There's my cases, right there by the all-stand, already. What's going on in here? Great! I gave you strict instructions not to open the door to anyone. How dare you disobey? Oh, shut up, you silly old bat. What? I don't have to listen to any more of your insults. You with your ears and graces trying to be a lady. Oh. Pretending to be an invalid. I've had enough. And it's goodbye to bad rubbish. Oh! Oh! Oh, I'll, I'll call the police. I'll call the police. You can call whoever you like. If they've got any sense, they wouldn't listen. Oh, oh why? Oh, 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 the ungrateful, the ungrateful hussy. How dare she? How dare she speak to me like that? Oh, oh, a woman in my condition. Well, we appear to have called at an inappropriate time. Oh, on the contrary, Mary Watson, we've called at just the right time. I suggest you prescribe a slight sedative and leave Mrs. Corrigan to recover. Oh. I'm sorry that we can do no more, Mrs. Corrigan, but you are in no condition to be questioned. When you assure the lady is in a satisfactory condition, Watson, I suggest we pay a visit to the Quaker Meeting House. It's bound to be more constructive than this, would you not agree? I'm sorry I can't be more helpful, Mr. Holmes. I, I'm indeed sorry for Mrs. Corrigan. Oh, the whole affair is most mysterious, most mysterious, uh, unaccountable, really. Well, it, it all happened exactly as she described it to you. George Corrigan disappeared inside the building, and as far as we know, was not seen again. We searched for hours, as you can imagine. Oh, it is really most regrettable. We've been besieged by spectators and by the newspapers, and all of them ghoulishly searching for a dead body. Well, sure, that's unlikely, considering the news given out about his clothing being found at the river. Uh, well, I'm at my wit's end. I really am. I, I, um, are there any more questions you would like to ask, Mr. Holmes? Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, oh Mr. Yes, Holmes, uh, yes, yes. These manuscripts on your shelves dealing with the history of the Quaker Meeting House... May I ask if George Corrigan ever took any interest in them? Oh, what an extraordinary thing to ask. Well, as a matter of fact, he did. He, he borrowed them to study on one occasion. Can you say how long ago that was? Oh, about uh, three months or so, I suppose. Uh, 
He was most interested in the old legend that was buried treasure in the vault. Ah, is that so? Yes. Was there any particular part of these manuscripts to take his attention? Well, I don't know. Oh, yes. Well, uh, those diagrams did, yes. He he tried to puzzle out what they meant, but uh, <laughs> not without much success, of course. Uh, this diagram, may I please make a copy of it? Uh, Oh, gracious me, that is exactly what George Corrigan did. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, then we're on the right lines, are we not? I think this is all that I need. Uh, thank you, Mr. Symes. We shall not be bothering you again. Oh. oh, I take it that the building is open and we may go inside? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Of course, anyone may. Uh, uh, with luck, the sensation seekers will have gone by now. I trust so. Come, Watson. It's time we put an end to this fruitless search. Like a series of meaningless lines, Holmes. What on earth does it mean? Notice the circle and the figures. A compass. Observe it. How it's all marked within the rectangle which is clearly this building, the old meeting house. See? The angles, the direction. That means down these stone steps over there. Yes, they must lead under the building. Yes, well, the rest will just be the vaults. There'll be no way out. Yes, but nevertheless, we will follow the map. Remember, it's supposed to lead to buried treasure. Ah. Here's a candle in the niche here. That's it. Yes. Right. Right. Now, again, you can stop the map. Here you see hmm. north is clearly marked. You see? And north facing indicates that wall over there. There's an arrow with four and another marking five E. So... Note the large paving stones. Four from the north wall and five to the east brings us to... Ah, yeah. Oh, that's all very fine, but well, there's nothing here. No, but there is a compass reading on the map. It has the figures eight and four. Yes. Try paces, Watson. Eight that way and then four along the wall. Very well. All right, well, this takes me to the wall. Then along to this corridor. But Nothing here. Uh, well, wait. Hey, this seems to be another niche similar to the one that held the candle. Feel inside and press. Press against the stone as heavily as you can. Right. Uh, <coughs> I, I think something's moving. Wait. That's it. More, more. Uh, Holmes. Holmes, look, there's an opening. It's big enough to close. Now, just as I thought. Come, follow me. This may be rather uncomfortable, but necessary. We may have to go on all fours, but I think I can state confidently that this is the way George Corrigan disappeared last Sunday, and it will lead to the river. Of that, I have no doubt. Come, Watson, after me. I followed Holmes in what was one of the most uncomfortable endeavours I've ever experienced. Holmes, being thinner and fitter than I, was able to proceed quite nimbly on his hands and knees. I was less fortunate with my bulk, groping my way along the floor. Eventually, the passageway began to widen, we heard the dripping of water, a wide tunnel opened before us, and a glimmer of daylight at the end of it. Well, at least we can stand up right now. Uh, you all right, Watson? Uh, no. I've cramps and I've covered with filth, otherwise I'm in splendid shape. Well, so much for the buried treasure. Well, that must have been discovered centuries ago. But you must admit that that passageway out is still most effective. Well, George Corrigan must have had a very good reason for choosing such an uncomfortable way to disappear. By the way, where does this lead? To the river. 
near the spot where his clothes were found, I presume. Well, what do we do next, Holmes? Well, take a hansom to the docks at Tilbury. There we consult the dockmaster and ask to look at his shipping list. When I consulted last night's newspaper, there was a ship named the Star of Sydney. A word with her captain might solve all this. Ah, daylight at last. Come, Watson. There's no time to lose. There's only one passenger, Captain, booked on the ship, sir. It's booked in the name of Bradshaw. He'll be turning to Sydney. Uh, this is it, sir. Yes? Yes. What is it, Captain? I specifically asked not to... Hello, George. May we come in? This is my colleague, Dr. Watson. Thank you, Captain, for your trouble. There you go, sir. You, uh... You, you had better come in. Thank you. Well, George, we've gone to a great deal of trouble to find you. What does all this mean? How did you find out I was here? Have the police sent you? Has Ada sent you? You must not give me away. You, you, you mustn't. Uh, one thing at a time. How we found you is immaterial. Your wife knows nothing of this visit. Neither do the police. And providing you've committed no criminal act, then I see no reason why they should be told. Have you committed a crime, George? Something you are ashamed of? But I'm only ashamed of living under Ada's thumb for all these years. The only crime I committed was to marry her for her money. I didn't even get that. I worked and slaved for her for nearly 20 years. And then, then I started to make a plan. I needed money. So, so I... So you I, gambled and you were a success? A few months ago you hit a real jackpot... And that gave you enough to think about starting a new life in Australia. Is that not right? That is it. That is it, exactly. I, I had tried to find some hidden treasure in the old Quaker meeting house. I thought that might give me the means of getting out of the country. But of course, when I got there, there was nothing there. Only the escape route. And last Sunday, I did it. I did it, and I'm never going back to that old life. I'm free... Oh, Mr. Holmes, please, please keep my secret. We agreed to keep Corrigan's secret. And on the way back to Baker Street, Holmes chuckled as he said, <laughs> wasn't really a case at all, Watson. However, it doesn't make one think of all the men who would envy George Corrigan. Quite probably more than one would imagine. Especially he has the girl with him. Who? Which girl? Did you not notice? It was a double cabin. And the woman's hat box on the table near the door. Winnet said her man friend was taking her to Australia. That's what put me onto the star of Sydney. George Corrigan is the man friend. Well, there's a lot of truth in the old saying, still waters run deep. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, Watson? Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.